Hey everyone, Bo here. A warm welcome back to a new season of Above the Horizontal. Things might be a little bit different this year moving forward. Slightly less episodes, some different formats, time will tell. The episode you're about to hear is a pre-season prediction episode. It goes for a little bit longer than our usual episodes. We will be keeping an eye on that this season. But I just wanted you to know that we recorded this on the 7th of February, so about a week before dropping the episode. So we didn't get the chance to laugh at Pat Carrigan and Adam Reynolds having a scuffle. Um, And we did have to laugh at the fact that Friendy said how quiet the off-season had been until this little scuffle had happened. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks very much for listening. Above the horizontal! <laughs> Puts it away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Gets the ball! Melder scores! scored in the corner! It's been a minute. It's Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. Thanks for joining us after a long off-season. We're very excited to bring you some more footy chat this year again for our fifth season. Can you believe it? I'm not exactly sure that I can. This is our pre-season episode, so we will be giving our wildcard awards for the off-season so far before going through each team to give our predictions of how they'll do this year. We'll also be hearing from the big E, Owen Gibson, later on in the show. We love hearing from him with his phenomenal predictions. But joining me on the panel for today are Daniel Friend. Friendy, what was the highlight of your off-season? G'day, Bo. Hey, fellas. Hey, listeners. Uh, the highlight of my off-season uh, amongst, oh, I guess, Christmas and summer and, and all those good things, heaps of holidays, us teachers don't work, um, <laughs> was doing the NRL grid to give me my NRL fix and um, just seeing some of the scores out there. Like, we all have a crack every day and it's good fun. And But, geez, one of our former chat members, um, Dan Lang, he is elite. So, yeah, I, mm. shout out to him. He, he's very good. I don't know if he researches or, or whatever. Um, he seems to think just a little bit. But, um, yeah, awesome work and, and that was a bit of a highlight for me. I saw he was number one the other day at one point, which was top really of the pops. quite incredible. Yep. Yes. Yep, top, top of the pops like uh, Michael Jackson himself. Uh, outstanding stuff. We'll start calling him MJ from now on. <laughs> Kieran, we also have Kieran Gibson. Gibbo, what was the highlight of your off-season? And that will be hard to top that one, I think. Yeah, definitely. It's um, No, I have, I have uh, I can vouch for exactly what um, Friendy said. I can remember laying, being able to name soccer players that I, I would post their wiki in the chat and... Um, players that hadn't played in 50 years and you would name them straight away. So, um, yeah, uh, it's has got a great, a great memory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, my highlight was definitely meeting Miles and Chris at the A-League with my, my brother who will be on the show, the Big E. Um, that was really cool. Been like, I don't know, six years or seven years in the making. Um, and that was phenomenal. Good, good fun. Uh, had a few beers and, and watched the soccer. Um, and then, yeah, booked holidays to Japan with yourself and Chris for October. So that's something to look forward to later in the year. But that's been a highlight, just booking the flight. Some very good times ahead and in the past. And we also have Chris Waring, just mentioned by Mr. Gibson there. Chris, what was the highlight of your off-season? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I agree with Kieran. It was good to meet him at a very packed out uh, Captain Cook Hotel in uh, Glebe. Highly recommend. It's a friend of the show. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of I took it a I guess mine's NRL related, um, which I guess will give us a segue into NRL discussions as a car zooms down the street. Mine is the dismissal of the West Tigers board. What an actual incredible uh, thing to happen! 
after <laughs> a decade of complete and utter misery. And not only did I have to deal with just never winning a game, but you have to deal with the most narcissistic people to ever be involved in a sporting organization, put their head out of the water and leak every specific detail while wearing the shittest outfits of all time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just want to say get fucked to Lee Hadjipatelis and Justin Pascoe. <laughs> well, get, get, fucked. <laughs> get fucked indeed to those boys uh, And also get fucked to uh, Miles Stedman Who would normally be here I'm only kidding, Miles But uh, Miles Stedman cannot be here tonight He had rich people stuff to do So he couldn't join us this evening I assume the highlight of his off-season Was the rental prices soaring Condemning more Australians <laughs> living in tents Than at any point of our history He's quirky like that, Miles My off-season highlight, well I won't go into specifics, but a series of events right before New Year's has led me to quite literally adopt the New Year, New Me mentality. And so far, so good, boys. It has been a very positive change. So hopefully a great off-season leads to a great season heading forward. And one of those changes I've made, by the way, has been to try and keep these eps down in length a little bit. So without further ado, let's get into my favorite part of the show, the Wildcard Awards for this episode. This can be anything from the off-season or something that excites you about the coming season. Kieran Gibson, I'll give you the first crack because you are the longest-serving member of the podcast in our fifth season. What's your wildcard award this episode? Yeah, I've gone with the okay, – I'm not going to be able to pronounce the journalist's name, but Michael Carriones. Um, mm-hmm. he, produced, he produced a list of – one from each club, which we later found out, um, of players that are most under pressure uh, coming into this season. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> – off the back of that, I've gone with what the the What Pressure Really Is Award, which goes to Jakey Granville, my Jakey Granville from my Cowboys, um, <laughs> and explains why explains why he's still playing in the in the NRL after turning thirty five today. And it's just a quote. It's actually stolen from Jose Mourinho when he was asked about pressure when he was uh, managing Chelsea about twenty years ago. But I can just imagine this is exactly what Granville thinks um, and explains why he's still playing. Uh, so it's pressure. What pressure? Pressure is poor people in the world trying to feed their families. There is no pressure in rugby. Just a, a true testament to the NRL's best utility going around. The NRL's best utility going around. I know you're joking, but I can't let that fly. I just, <laughs> I just, I refuse. I refuse. I'm not the only one. Guru said it himself on the Logan Bot. Okay, well, I'll let the listeners decide who is the better authority on the utilities out of me and the fucking guru. <laughs> Friendy, what's your wildcard award this week? My wildcard award uh, for this preseason is a bit of a weird one. Minimal scandals this summer. Uh, mm. I can't remember. So there's a bound to be an all-time fuck-up in Vegas um, because <laughs> gee, nothing's really happened. And I don't know if that's good or bad or they just got their head screwed on or maybe they're going out with security or, or what's doing. I, I guess congratulations to the boys. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, Hangover Part Four in Vegas. <laughs> uh, I did actually see today that Luciane Leilua's got done for a, a minor uh, drink driving charge. I think so. Uh, you know, good on him. He's he's keeping the clock ticking over for all the scandals, Luciano. But uh, when you said um, when you said a minor drink driving charge i thought you're talking something finchy related for a second there well yes thank goodness it wasn't that so that would be a bit more major i believe i don't know geez how i'm going to edit this okay uh, chris chris help me out what's your wildcard award this week i just got a short and concise one it's the i am not a crackpot award and there, there are too many 
there are too mm-hmm. many player podcasts, ex-player podcasts, um, NRL podcasts nowadays that all follow like pretty much the same format where it's just like they talk shit with a player and there's no real critique. And I guess that's I, – I think there's a marketable for that, but there's too many. Please eliminate three. <laughs> <laughs> do, you have, do you have three that you'd knock off straight away? Well, one went for fucking six hours. <laughs> Let's just start with uh, Levels Network and then we can go from there. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Friendy? Which one went for six hours? Oh, you know the one. Yeah. <laughs> Was a bloke? Yeah, yeah, far out, man. Seven <laughs> hours. Jesus, I was I was in one the other day that went for four and a half hours, but the recording took five across two separate days. And this is a man that's based in Scotland. Yeah, home and away extra. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. And it's like uh, I was up at 5 a.m. each morning to do this show. So that was uh, a bit of an effort from me. Uh, I hope he appreciates it. Uh, my wildcard award is kind of similar to Chris's. I was actually a bit worried there for a second, but it is a bit different. My wildcard is the Pauline Hansen Award for being the absolute dumbest person in any room you walk into. And it goes to Matt Burton because uh, when doing a pod with Josh Mansour, and surely he'd be amongst the three, uh, he's a known scholar, of course, Josh Mansour. Uh, he, Matt Burton received a question from a listener basically asking Burton to explain to a flat earther how the earth is spherical. Not only did he not know how to convince the flat earther, he went on to say that he believed the earth was flat before eventually deciding the earth was clearly both flat and round, which I think is probably the, the dumbest part. Uh, we, knew, we knew footy players were dumb, but come on, mate, that is, that is, uh, that is fucked. Uh, when the source is the sensible one in the room, you've got to give yourself an uppercut. Anyway, looking forward to Matt Burton joining the One Nation Party after footy so we can have a real meeting of the minds with him and Pauline. And it's taken me about 10 minutes this, this season to get political, but here we are. So the Pauline Hansen Award for being the absolute dumbest person in any room you walk into goes to Matt Burton. And I, I, I still watch that video. I, <laughs> I still think it might be just the funniest thing in the world. Boys, our mission today is to talk about the preseason, basically. Uh, there's been a bit of movement in the contracts as there is every year, and it's our job to decide how a team is going to go this year. So I'm going to give each person a team. Uh, They're going to go through the recruitment and retention and tell us whether it's hot or not. Uh, We're going to talk about what success looks like for each team because that is different for each team. They're on different timescales in terms of their premiership quests. What's the key to the success that they're trying to get? And what's the approximate ladder position where we're thinking they might end up with. And we're going to start with the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, I might give that to Kieran Gibson, but before I do, Kieran, I'll go through the gains and losses. So the Broncos have picked up Fletcher Baker and Jaden Hunt. So that's a couple of guys that have played on the benches for their teams in the middle forward front row position. The losses are Kurt Capewell, Herbie Farnworth, Thomas Flegler, who are all representative quality, Keenan Palacia and Ethan Key Ward, who did leave mid-season last year. Kieran, that recruitment, but also retention, I suppose, hot or not? Uh, I like the recruitment, Fletcher Baker especially, um, coming into what is already a, a very strong pack. Um, it'll be a, a great group to, to learn learn from. Payne Haas, Pat, Patty Carrigan, two of the best uh, forwards in the game. Jaden Hunt, I don't know much about, um, but... We'll see how he goes. Um, losses, yeah, that is quite a bit of experience gone and quality experience. Um, 
even young blooming potential. Uh, we love that word potential on, on the podcast. Um, Palacia mm-hmm. was really starting to show what he could do um, mm-hmm. last season. So yeah, some yeah big big holes to, to fill there um, with the losses of some of those players. Herbie Farnworth, I think, is um, maybe not as skillful as some of the other centers in the game, but he's right up there for he would be at least top five in my mind and um yeah he's had some couple of really really great seasons that's a big hole to fill obviously so when cobo's going to play center in his place or that's what the reports have been um i'm not 100 mm. percent sure if i like it but um yeah, he, yeah cobo is definitely a player that wants the ball in his hands and he is capable of, of um some magic stuff, so um, I guess um, that's only good for his development and can only be good for the Broncos. Um, he does have an error in him, though, so hopefully he can uh, be a bit more disciplined there and, and fix that up. Um, I think another grand final appearance is probably what success looks like for the Broncos. They've still got a very, very good squad. Um, I also think they need to... It'll be interesting to see how it goes, because if this is... I will just quickly... Does anybody know how long, how much longer um, Adam Reynolds is? Ah, so this is his last contracted year. I've just seen. Um, That's right, but he's also uh, potentially. There's talks that he's going to re-sign. They're pretty close to re-signing him for another couple, uh, and it yeah. will be at a lower cost than his original contract. Six skittles and a piece of string. <laughs> <laughs> Very kind of him. Um. Yeah, I guess I was going to make the point that um, they need to unearth a halfback successor now that. Reynolds possibly doesn't have much longer, and despite maybe signing on for another two years, it's still a good idea, but maybe it's not as important this year as, as what I was going to make out if he's going to stay around. Um, I don't know how, how much of a, a organizer and kicker of the ball, long, long kicking game-wise, how good man is. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's probably still something for them to think about because I, um, I thought it was quite noticeable the way Reynolds' game had changed last season. It, it wasn't as much of a runner of the ball and more was organizing and getting his team around the park um, and chiming in here and there still with some uh, brilliant bits of skill like he, he has the ability to, to do. But, um, yeah, I think you can certainly see they slowed down a bit. Um, so I think that's like a bit of a sticking point for me to say um, that they will make the grand final. Um, I'm very curious. I, I think a lot of it hinges on Adam Reynolds. Um, but yeah, they've, they've still got an amazing squad. Um, you talk to hear any old boy and they say like a lot of the forwards coming through are, are, are great, um, which has always been the case. Um, uh, and yeah, hopefully they don't bring back to because I think that would be <laughs> a mistake for their culture. Where do you have them finishing then approximately? Ah, um, first to third, I think first to third, I'll say, I, I, and I don't see them coming any lower. I've got them fifth to eighth, but I think that's just, yeah. So, what's, what's the rationale there with fifth to eighth? Uh, I think Flegler is an enormous loss. Uh, I, I think he's kind of their play one front rower, and he creates a lot of the momentum for Payne Haas, who's just unbelievable. Carrigan's a gun as well, obviously, but Flegler's a huge piece of that three-pronged attack through the middle. Uh, I think Reynolds... He's just getting older and uh, father time is undefeated. So let's see if he can make it through the full season uh, because we saw when, when he's out, they're, they're just a completely different side. Uh, and I, I think they've got to keep their egos in check. I think there's a few boys there, particularly the, the good-looking fella at the back. Um, yeah, there's a lot of temptations around in a, a one-team town. Um, and, yeah, 
I don't know, when you're the big dogs out on the nights out, he's already proven that he, he likes a good time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just maybe there's something brewing there. We'll, we'll just see. But they're cert- they've got the potential to win the competition, no question. Uh, I just don't know if they'll have as smooth as a run as last year because they, they certainly were yeah pretty well held together injury-wise and things like that. It's hard to repeat that. I'm with Kieran. I've got them top four. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I've got them... Um, I've got them five to eight as well. I think they're going to make the eight, but I think uh, I just worry about Reynolds' um, longevity, um, some depth issues with the forwards. They've lost a lot of skill, um, a bit of youth, and a bit of experience in the forward pack. I just think they're not as good of a team as last year. So, uh, oh yeah, I reckon they're going to drop down to the five A range. Alrighty. Well, the next team is the Canberra Raiders. Uh, Chris, I'll throw this to you, but I'll go through the gains and losses first. So they've picked up Zach Hosking. They've picked up Simi Sasangi from the Knights. They picked up Morgan Sm- Smithies, I suppose, or Smithies from Wigan Warriors and K.O. Weeks from the Sea Eagles. So that's uh, two middle forwards, a, a half slash fullback and an edge back rower. They've lost Jared Croker, Matt Frawley, Brad Schneider, Harley Smith Shields. They lost Semi Valame last year and Jack Whiten's almost gone. So that's a whole bunch of backline and halves lost and they've replaced them with a bunch of forwards. So Chris, how do you feel about their retention and recruitment? Uh, and what does success look like for the Raiders? Yeah, the Raiders are a, they're an interesting team just based on their you know contingent to how the season went last year. They just kind of kept winning games not very convincingly by very small margins. And look, Jack Whiten's a massive loss um, just from a skill perspective in the squad. Their halves are going to look interesting. Zach Hosking is a good pickup. They've, they've resigned a lot of their good forwards. I think Emery Cole is a good player. Corey Horsburgh is a uh, Queensland legend. Um, <laughs> and then. Yeah, obviously they've re-signed Hudson Young as well. And then some of the – I think the interesting part for them is I've, I've read and they're both off contract at Whitehead and it might be Whiteheads and Raveners, um last year. So they're, they're a hard team to gauge. I think they would define success as the top eight. I just they're, not, they're nowhere near contenders, obviously. Um, I think Whiten's just going to be a big loss. It's a good forward pack, with, I think, but they're going to struggle in the spine. So – yeah, I just it'll be interesting to see how Ricky Stewart deals with that. They're one of the more curious teams that do play in a very kind of rugged, tough kind of nature, which I think their squad still suits that. But I just think they're going to lack some of the uh, skill, like the fine, the fine touches that you get from one, six, seven, nine. So I've got them. Uh, I've got them what, nine to thirteen. I think they'll probably mm. be about twelve, thirteen. I think. Who who is if they do succeed, as you said, success would be the top eight. Do you who's who's the person that gets them there? Do you think? Uh, I think it'll be um, Hudson Young taking like another jump. I think um, probably Corey Horsburgh as well. If they and then I think Zach Hosking. So they they could be very brutal around. Um, I think Zach Hosking's pretty underrated skill wise. Um, he plays in the back rows and I don't think Hudson Young's starting to get some of that recognition. And then they still have a good board pack so I think it's going to be they'll I guess just overwhelm some teams and then they'll just rely on some kind of simple decision making to make the right decision so I think their forwards have got to stay fit and they've got to fire for them to have any real chance if they do if they are a chance to make the edge 
I, I agree with most of that. I've got them in that same bracket. Um, Friendy, what about you? Yeah, I agree with plenty of that. Uh, the forwards are going to have to have a big bearing on the season. Uh, they're going to have to play pretty tough and defence-orientated because they've got no 5-8. Uh, I've got them in the bottom five. All right. Kieran, what about you? Uh, yeah, I've got them in the bottom five. I think there's going to be a huge drop-off. Um, we're talking about their 5-8 Jack White, and I also don't really know who their fullback will be. Will it be KO Weeks or um, Xavier Savage? Or I don't I don't know. You don't know. What Seb Chris again, maybe? Seb Chris um, and their hooker rotation. I not not really. Their whole spine is just nowhere near the quality you need it to be to make be making finals. Um, yeah, I've got them anywhere from thirteenth to seventeenth. Yeah, the only rock solid person they have in that spine is Jamal Fogarty, which is that's saying a fair bit. I think, uh, like with respect to Jamal, I don't think he's a top line halfback. Uh, you certainly wouldn't call him a top ten halfback. So. Yeah, it could be a tough season for the Raiders for sure. The next team is the Bulldogs. I'll be throwing this to Friendy. First of all, a huge amount of gains and losses. I think it was Andy Andy Tweed that told us that uh, basically in the last three years, they've had a complete turnover of their 30-man roster, which is pretty incredible. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Uh, But it needed to happen, maybe. So they've gained Stephen Crichton, Josh Curran, Pawasa Fa'ama Asili, Drew Hutchison, Kurt Mann, Jamin Salmon, Blake Taff, Connor Tracy, Jake Turpin, Mitchell Woods, which who was a, a halfback in Harold Matz, who could have been an AFL player, could have been a union player, chose league. Uh, Bronson Sherry as well. Their losses, so, so many. I'll go to the highlights, though. Paul Alamotti, Jake Avarillo, uh, Raymond Faitala Mariner. We already knew Kyle Flanagan was gone. Uh, Tavita Pangard Jr. retired. Luke Thompson has headed off as well. So has Corey Waddell. So huge turnover, Friendy. Do you rate what Phil Gould and Cameron Seraldo are doing with the recruitment? And what does success look like for the Bulldogs, considering they came, what was it, like 15th or something last year? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't rate the uh, – I've got it as not, not hot, uh, mm. the recruitment. Um, they don't have a halfback and their props are still bang average. So they've struggled with go forward and they've struggled with an on-field general. Uh, they've tried to make Matt Burton that, but he's clearly just a runner, really. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand anything. They they had to land Mitchell Moses. Um, forget about crime, forget about anything. They just should have thrown all. If they wanted some success soon, they needed a top-line halfback. Mitchell Moses was there. They didn't pay him enough money. They should have gone full godfather and made him an offer he couldn't refuse Um, (laughs) reference yes yeah they did not so yeah i don't like it uh i think success for them is pushing for the eight uh and that's not even necessarily making the eight so yeah uh the keys for their success this year they're going to have to have minimal injuries yet again they've got all these people that can fill in sort of anywhere um they're the the i don't know the putty team you chuck them in all the, the holes but i yeah i'm just not sure what they're thinking there i um yeah they need to lift their defense the defense was a disgrace the back end of last year like literally pathetic um and i I don't see how they're fixing that signing guys that can play multiple positions but they've never landed a solid spot at their club for a reason so particularly defense uh like connor tracy blake taff uh drew hutchison like well yeah i don't know what's doing yeah yeah kurt man yark um (laughs) it's yeah, like I, I just I no bottom five for me, and and I'll be really surprised if if they're they're not in the bottom five. 
Can I just pick your brain? Uh, would you play Crichton at fullback? No. I would play him at centre, and they've paid him fullback money to play centre, which, again, is just stupid. I'd play Taff at fullback, or I'd even dead set think of playing Connor Tracy there because he was bloody good for the Sharks there. Um, mm. And I, I, I think Crichton at least stiffens him up. I'm not massive on his defence, but I, I can see he's certainly the, the highest quality backline player they're going to have. So you put him there and at least stiffen them up defensively a little bit. But, um, I mean, Burton missed a whole heap of tackles last year and Toby Sexton, I, I'm sorry, he's not the answer. And if you don't have any props anyway, you can put oh, anyone you like there. That No go forward. Your halfback's going to struggle anyway. So, yeah, I, I think they've screwed the whole thing up. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of short-term solutions there. Kieran, uh, do you also see a tough time for the Bulldogs this year? Uh, yes, I, I completely agree with Friendy. Um, echoed exactly what I was thinking. They've they've signed a, um, a merry-go-round roster. Like, I don't know. You don't know where any of these players are going to play. I don't know if they know where they're going to play for the whole season. You'd, you'd certainly have to think quite a number of, at least half of their squad are going to chop and change positions throughout the season, um, they had a backline. Like, they didn't need to go out and sign a whole new backline. I, I don't know why they did that. Um, when the Cowboys, not to uh, bring my bias into the into the pod, but when the Cowboys... There it is. <laughs> there it is, the Cowboys. Straight on. Straight on. <laughs> go on, sorry, Kieran. <laughs> we, we had, we had Lynette, uh, Winterstein... Wait. On, on the left. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and, and we had, we had um, Justin O'Neill, who, who was all right. Like, he's serviceable, can, can be fairly good, but, like, you don't need an amazing back line. Um, so, like, most of the time, like, there are certainly other positions that are more important, and they, for some reason, went, went gung-ho on, on those positions. And, and their forward pack is tiny, not to mention, like, inexperienced it's mm. very very small um yeah i i think they're going to get bullied again throughout the whole season and i honestly think they're going to come bottom three i can't see uh much else happening right you chris bottom five for them is this about the cowboys or the bulldogs <laughs> <laughs> it's about the bulldogs please oh, okay yeah um yeah <laughs> They're, they're, yeah, pretty much similar sentiment to what they both said. The recruitment strategy is just perplexing. It's just they tried to sign, like, the best possible backup players you could ever have. It's like, okay, well, what about the starting 17? It's just crickets. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, they're just the same thing. They're just, they've got no props. The halfback, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if, like, man at lock or something in seven. I don't know if they're going to try spark something there. But, yeah, I, I just can't see this working. It's a... I just I don't know what's going on over there. It's just, and I feel sorry for Bulldogs fans. I mean, I get it. for fucking targets, but um, <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, I reckon they're bottom bottom five. Uh, yeah, they're, they're just going to have no go for it, and they don't have the skill in the halves. Burton's struggling as it is. His career as a five eight, I think, is diminishing by the second. And yeah, this Sexton is probably a good backup half somewhere, but I don't think he's a starting halfback. So yeah, uh, bottom five. I agree. Uh, the next team is the Sharks. I'll throw to you again, Kieran, for this one. But they've been pretty quiet uh, in the offseason. They've got uh, Billy Burns coming in, and they've got Michael Gabriel, who is a young center from the Bulldogs. Um, Peter's brother? 
I don't think. I think he spells it differently. So I don't think oh. it's also probably a different age. I think Michael's about nineteen years old. He would he probably have no idea who Peter Gabriel is. Actually, <laughs> that's probably how young he is. Uh, as for the Sharks' losses, they've of course lost the retired Wade Graham, uh, Matt Iku Balu, and. Matt Moylan have headed off to England and Connor Tracy, the greatest player of all time, according to Kieran Gibson, has headed to the Bulldogs, as we mentioned. He might be playing fullback. So, Kieran, how do you rate the uh, the recruitment slash retention of the Sharks, uh, considering that they've you know been in the finals two years in a row, played some pretty all right footy throughout the season, but both times gone out in straight sets? What does success look like for the Sharks and how they're going to get it? Um... Recruitment and retention-wise, uh, I think Billy Burns is actually all right. I don't, I don't mind him. I think that's a, a decent pickup. Um, Michael Gabriel, I don't know who that is. Um, we all knew Wade Graham was probably uh, playing his last season, and Matt Moylan, they probably needed to find a, a replacement earlier than the season. So I think it's good that he's he's now gone, and they obviously have uh, I can't oh, um, Braden Trindle who can play there, who I. I think we all agree is um, a better option than Matt Moylan. Um, yeah, yep. I, I still look at their squad and quite like it. Um, there's a lot of talent there. I just think they're one of the. I think two points. They're they're one of the least um, consistent teams, um, which mm. needs to be fixed. But they're also a front foot team, which is a criticism of, or in particular that I had of Nathan Cleary at the Panthers, not necessarily the Panthers as a whole. But I think um, the whole Sharks team in general um, are, are a front foot team. They they don't uh, they're not the best at, at coming back um, into a game and grinding it out and staying patient and, and just waiting for the, the right time to um, try and strike. Uh, they just want to try and come back immediately, and it, it doesn't work. Um, and yeah, as you said, the, the way that they've gone out of the final series the last two seasons has not, not been very good. You can't say that they've handled that pressure well. They were heavy, well, maybe not heavy favourites, but I'm quite sure they would have been favourites both years in um, the majority of those three games. Um, mm. Yeah, I think they'll be there in the finals. Um, success definitely looks like making the finals. Um, I think, um, yes, Craig Fitzgibbon has done well to, to get there the first two seasons, um, but he's been uh, a head coach, but I think... Um, yeah, his expectation 100% will be to get them back there again. But yeah, as we know, a lot of that rides on Nico Hines. Um, I'm interested to see how Kay Dykes go goes, or if he gets a go. Cause mm-hmm. Heard a lot of good raps about him. Um, I think that would be a, a good move to give him a, a chance over Will Kennedy. Because um, I used to rate Kennedy, and I don't think he's bad, but um, I think he's more of a, a support playing fullback, which is pretty much his. Maybe not only strength, but it's only the only thing that really stands out to me. Um, so I'd like to see if K Dykes can offer a bit more, which might help spark their attack with uh, Nico a bit. And, and Braden Trindle, I'm, I, I'm quite excited to see him uh, partnering Nico in in the uh, halves to see how that goes. But yeah, I think their forward pack is fine and, and back line is pretty solid as well. So where do you have them finishing? Oh, 6th uh, to 10th. Um, current. Where did they? Oh, they finished sixth last season. Yeah, probably, maybe, maybe, um, a bit higher than that. But yeah, I'm happy to say sixth to tenth. I think a successful finish for them looks like at least top six, and I think it includes winning some finals games. Uh, I'm not entirely sure that will happen though. I think they'll be there or thereabouts. What do you think, Friendy? 
Yeah, I've got them uh, the back end of the eight, so fifth to eighth for me. Um, I think they, they've certainly got the talent there, but they need to fix up a few things against the bigger sides. Uh, they they struggle defensively out on their edges. They need to fix that, and uh, they just get a bit frantic when the, the close games happen. So I think that comes back on Nico staying a little bit calm and... Um, yeah, just, just going from there. But they're still a good side, and I rate their coach highly. They'll certainly work hard and be very fit. I expect them to win games early in the season when um, other teams sort of struggle attacking-wise. But once the, the big side's uh, attack sort of clicks, then the Sharks' defense is going to really need to be up to scratch. Hmm. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think I'm with you, but I think they're going to have a similar season. But I think that the metric of success should be higher because of the back-to-back straight sets losses. And I, I just think mm. they're, they're going to have the same season. I think they're going to be a good uh, regular season team. But they just this is a team that needs to do something, and they just haven't. So um, I think Hines has had his confidence knocked around a bit with some of his um, the origin experience, um, which some. Some of which is his fault, but some of which isn't. So, mm. yeah, I just, I, yeah, I think they're going to be five to eight. I think they're going to have a very similar season, but I, I think if they have the same result as last year, it should be, it should be a disappointment because they should be getting out of this, you know, um, Groundhog Day scenario. They, they need to, you know, shoot their shot while it's hot, so to speak, rather than just being a middling team that makes the finals and then doesn't trouble anyone. Yeah, I, I will worry that they'll probably end up in that similar kind of space, uh, maybe the 7th, 8th, ninth, even, potentially. Let's take a short little break. We're going to hear from the Big E with his phenomenal prediction of the season, telling us who he thinks are going to make the finals back soon. Hey, boys, this is the Big E. I'm going to do my both predictions straight away. This is a new one in 2024. It's also going to be a wild one, by the way. So this year, in 2024, who's going to be a, a better team and to go on the top of, uh, top of the ladder to win for this um, 2024 Grand Finals? I would like to see the Redcliffe Dolphins to win. Anyway, uh, that's me, baby. Yeah, that's, that's the first one, the Dolphins will win. And the second one also, i like to see, I think uh, the Cowboys and the Broncos will be a better team to win also. The Dallas Bottom, uh, actually, no, I'm not going to say uh, the targets are many and nice. I'm not going to say that to all different my boys. Um, actually, I was about to say also, um, f- uh, for that uh, petition I did that, I did say also, I'm also going to say again, uh, I think the Bulldogs will be okay, but uh, I think they might get a, a, a wooden spoon. Sorry, Monique. Um, yeah, the, uh, I think that's it also. And shout out to my girl, Luca, Honey Bunny. Yeah, uh, have a great day. Enjoy the pod. And this is the Biggie, baby. Wood, wood. Biggie out. Welcome back to Above the Horizontal. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. I'm joined by Daniel Friend, Kieran Gibson, and Chris Waring. And that was... Owen Gibson, the big E, with his phenomenal prediction of the year. He thinks the Cowboys and Broncos are going to have good years. He's a Cowboys man, though, so be careful of what the big E says. And he has tipped the Dolphins to have a big one. So let's talk about them right now. I'll go to you, Chris, on this one. But uh, the gains and losses for the Dolphins, it's interesting. They're a newish team, so there's a lot of movement happening. Uh, Jake Avarillo is coming in with Herbie Farnworth. There's your center pairing right there. 
Thomas Flegler in the front row and Oren Keeley, who is, uh, I believe, a back rower from Newcastle. And he played his uh, first great debut last year. Looks looks pretty good and he's had some big raps on him. So keep an eye on Oren Keeley. The losses are Herman S.A.S.A., Poaso Fa'amaosili and Oliver Gildart. Chris, what do you think about all of that? And uh, what does success look like for the Dolphins this year? Because they, you know, they impressed a few people last year before eventually fading back to 13th. Uh, yeah, what does success look like for them and how can they do it? Yeah, they, that are, I think they, they kind of had the season that, I guess, the finishing point that everyone kind of expected. They started a bit hotter than everyone else kind of foresaw, but they finished up, I think, in the point that was relatively accurate given their squad and their, their, their new club and their coach and whatever. So um, I like their signings. They've signed really well. Jake Avrilo is a very good player. Kind of amazed the Bulldogs just let him walk, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Gus knows what he's doing. Um, <laughs> Herbie, great signing. Unbelievable player, um, no doubt. The, I think he has just had an incredibly high ceiling. And then Thomas Flegler, very good player as well. Um, the loss of Tigers legend Oliver Gildard can only be a good thing, so does that as well. And uh, yeah, look, they—they, I think they—they have the benefit of you know they—they kind of have this specific period, which I think this obviously still in right this introductory period of there's not too much pressure to play with. A couple of players that they signed had really good seasons last year, right? Obviously, they signed all their players, new players, but Jermaine uh, Asako, really good year. Tom Gilbert raises his profile even more. Jerry mm. Marshall King, um, the Hammer, Super League legend, Miles Stedman. Uh, yeah. cool. uh, what, yeah, one of so, his best calls, Miles Stedman. One of his best calls. Yeah, one of his best calls. So <laughs> look, I, I think success just looks like if they have any specific metric of improvement, so let's say they go 13 to 11th, I think they can be happy with that, or 10th. Uh, I think that's that would be defined as a relatively successful season um i think there is they are they could be a very outside smoky of clinging into the eight mm. but i'm going to have them i think i think they're going to be in the nine to 13 range it'll be interesting to see how they kind of um i guess some of the progression with christian wolf um obviously taking over next year and him being the assistant there at the moment so um see if someone's like the coaching structures change in some kind of way and it's be interesting to see how that impacts um, their play, but hopefully uh, right, Sean O'Sullivan thinks he stays injury-free, which I, hopefully he does. He's had a bit of an injury-disrupted career so far. That'll mm-hmm. benefit them and Marshall King as well. I think they'll be yeah in that 9 to 13 range, probably under, maybe around 10th, I think. So, yeah. And then, yeah, if they can get to that point, I think that can be marked as somewhat, you know, an improvement in their position and, uh, you know, relatively decent season that's tracking the right way for the club. You make a good point about like it's something that I forgot. Like we we knew that when injuries hit, that they would struggle. But it was three of their most influential players: O'Sullivan, Marshall King, Gilbert, that all had major injuries throughout the year. So yeah, that, obviously it's going to be tough for any team to recover from. I, I think they can hold their head up high. I agree with you that I think mild improvement is success, and I think they're capable of doing it. Friendy, what do you think about the Dolphins? 
Yeah, I don't mind their chances this year to uh, push for a finals berth. Uh, I've got them 9th to 13th, and I think, yeah, some improvement um, will come. I think Flegler is an enormous signing. I, I just rate him so highly. Avarillo, uh, Farnworth, they're going to have some good centres there. Um, yeah, I, I think they'll have a decent season, and, yeah, you can't go past Wayne. Um, he's a genius. Kieran, are you excited for the boys from the slight north of us? I am not not as excited as Owen to watch them win the grand final, but um, I think the the way they, I mean, last season before the season started, I think a lot of us were, um, I mean, we were saying that we didn't think that they would be a a team that would roll over with Wayne coaching them, but we didn't. I don't think anyone predicted that they'd go as well as they did either. Um, and as Chris, yeah, laid out, there's quite a few players that um, either really kickstarted their their careers or kick-started them again, Azako, for example, or, or, or just had um, their best season um, they've had in the NRL yet. Um, Shout-out again to Super League legend Hami Sotabu Aikido. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited to see how they go. I, I've got them 9th to 11th. I don't think that they'll finish lower than 11th. Um, I'm really excited to see how they go. I think that they've got a really strong team there. I think the big thing for them last season was um, the difference between their their best and their worst performance was huge. That needs to, um, yeah, it needs to be reduced because um, I mean they put thirty or forty points on some teams. I remember they they beat the Cowboys in Townsville something like thirty six sixteen, and we had all the ball that game. And then they got absolutely tailed up by Manly fifty to something down at Brookvale. So if they can reduce. Um, yeah, the difference between their best and worst performance. I think that they can push for the top eight. Sorry, boy, that, that was just to wake you up because we were about to talk about the Titans. Now, the Titans, <laughs> are, their gains and losses. So, the gains, uh, Keenan Palacia from the Broncos. We mentioned how important he is to their rotation, and I think he'll be important for the Titans as well. Harley Smith Shields as a, as a center option. Their losses are Booth, Herbert, Cruz Leeming, Sam McIntyre. A lot of these guys had already left anyway. Thomas McAley, same sort of thing, and Toby Sexton. So not a lot of movement there. The big one in is Des Hasler. Friendy, do you rate what's going on with the Titans there? Particularly, I think, with Des Hasler coming in, that's probably worth spending some time on. What does success look like for them? Because they spent periods of last year looking competitive and then somehow finished 14th because that's just what they do, the Titans, it seems. Um, and if they are to be successful, who's going to be the key? Yeah, uh, just firstly, uh, you've been waiting all off-season to do that uh, gag, haven't you? No, I haven't. I literally thought of it during Kieran's field just then. <laughs> Fair <laughs> Sorry enough. to disappoint. Um, <laughs> no, that's all good. Uh, I, I actually like their, not so much uh, recruitment, more retention. Uh, they've re-signed uh, Fafida and big Tino Fa'asumala Awi. Mm. And I, yeah, I like that. I think success for them looks like the top eight. Uh, Des is a huge inclusion for them and uh, the mad scientist. He'll need to fix their defense. I've got that as a key rather than an individual. Uh, I yeah. think they, they can score points with the best of them, particularly I, I think they're going to give Jaden Campbell first crack at fullback, which I mm-hmm. like. Uh, the kid is a star, in, in my opinion. Their attack looks a thousand times better with him at fullback. So, um, 
Brimson's a great player, but he, he just kind of just got to fill in somewhere really at the moment. I think Jaden Campbell's that spark. So, yeah, if the forwards go forward and they can uh, light it up like they have been with their backs, then as long as they can tackle, they'll, they'll be pushing the eight. I've still got them ninth to 13th. Uh, however, I wouldn't be surprised to see them slip into the eight if injuries are kind to them. I'm going to back them in for a lower top eight spot because you guys know I love the Titans. I don't know what it is. They're a, they're a cruel beast to me sometimes, the Gold Coast Titans, but I can see them sneaking in there. I, I see a lot of go forward. And you talk about, you know, Fasul Malaawi, Fodawaker, you know, having Palacia on the bench as an option. Jermaine Jolf was really good at times last year for them, I thought, as well. Uh, David Fafita on one edge. Uh, Bo Fermor coming back from injury on another Oh, gee, uh, to sound like a bit like Matt Nable to say, oh, jeez, you know. Uh, I, could, I could see them pushing the top eight. Am I crazy, Chris Waring? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, just just <laughs> ignorant. No, I should, uh, <laughs> uh, look, I, I, I'm such a Titans pessimist. Like, they, they have such a good forward pack, right? But there's two things that I think just need to be brought up. Firstly, Sam Verrill's, right, he needs to sound apart. That has never been proven to really be true. And mm. Kieran Foran is an aging halfback. Things you say for um, Adam Reynolds in a better team, you could easily make. You should say, well, you should say the same for Kieran Foran. Um, those guys yeah. can be massively important for them. If they can play 90% of the games, then, yeah, uh, I, I believe in it. Uh, I'm still, uh, my opinion of Tanner Boyd has improved. Um, mm. but that's still, I'm still not massive on that as a halves combo. Just with the, you know, the comp, I mean, Kieran Foran's very talented, but he's aging plus injury prone, tenderboids, serviceable, I suppose. Um, yeah, I, I've got them nine to 13. <laughs> I just, I just don't, I just, I don't know. I, this one, the teams, I just, it's more like an inkling thing. I, I see it. I see why people like them. I get it. Right. Um, the team is good. They have, uh, I think, probably a better coach. We haven't, you know, it's been a while since Des has, well, not a while, so it hasn't been that long. But um, again, Des, Des is, it'd be interesting to see how Des goes to the Titans. Titans is kind of like a, a black hole kind of club, or the Gold Coast is really just as a general region. But um, yeah, I'll go 9 to 13. Uh, my basis of it sounds, if, if they're going to be successful, they just need barrels and foreign to sound the park, and, you know, we'll see if that happens. Kieran, very quickly, uh, where do you have them landing this year? Ninth uh, to thirteenth, and I really like the move of uh, or the confirmation that Jaden Campbell is going to get first crack at fullback. I think they mm. need to keep him there for the whole season. Um, love AJ, but I, I wouldn't say he's a bumper in attack. But I think he can. Yeah, I think it, there are moments where he he stunts the attack, especially close to the line. Um, kind of doesn't look like he knows uh, what to do as well as, as Jaden Campbell. I think he's Jaden Campbell has a bit more of a feel for the aim, especially in that 20-meter attacking zone, so I really like that. Um, yeah, as Chris said, I think everybody said, uh, if they keep everybody on the park, especially those key players, uh, Foran, um, Jaden Campbell, I, I'll say that they will finish in the eight, but I, I don't have much faith in that happening. I've got them ninth to 13th. All right, uh, I'm going to... Give this one to Friendy as well. Reason being, I want to give him the Knights later on. They're coming up pretty soon. So, Friendy, this one would be for you. This is the Manly Sea Eagles. A fair bit of movement for the Sea Eagles. Luke Brooks has come in. 
So has Newcastle legend Bailey Hodgson. They've got Ayatasi James from the Tigers. They've got Jackson Paolo from the Roosters. Tommy Talau from the Tigers. Corey Waddell from the Bulldogs. And Brandon Wakeham from the Tigers. They've lost the Finu brothers, Morgan Harper, Sean Kepi, Kelma Tuolangi, and K.O. Weeks. So, Friendy, do you think uh, that's a good effort in recruitment? Uh, what does success look like for the Seagulls, considering they finished 12th last year? And uh, who's the key for that success? Uh, in terms of recruitment uh, and retention, I, no, I don't rate. I don't think it's hot. Uh, I, a few of those guys, if they were in my class at school, I wouldn't even know if they were there or not, um, <laughs> their, their, their names. So, yeah, they've kind of just rated... Um, the Tigers reserve grade a little bit there with Wakeham and, and Talau's a decent player, uh, but when he's your best signing, then wow. Um, yeah, so I don't rate that. Uh, the key is clearly Tom. I think success for them, uh, it, it looks... I, I do think that if Tom stays fit, they've got him, Daly Cherry Evans, uh, they've got a, a few decent forwards there and and some lightning quick outside backs. So th- they do have the makings there of even a top four team. And, and if they went on a run, there's there's no reason they couldn't do that. But I, I just can't see it happening. And t- Tom's held together by blue tack. Um, he, whilst he's elite, it, it, it's just not going to happen. He's, he just, he's just not going to make the whole season. Even when he won the Dally M and they made the eight and things like that, he only played 15 games. So yep. if that's his ceiling, I, I mean, yeah, they're just going to struggle. So yeah, I've got them ninth to 13th. They'll be good enough when fully fit to beat almost anyone. Uh, when not that they will lose to almost anyone. So yeah, uh, good luck. Chris, as a as a quick prediction, do you agree with Friendy? Nine to thirteenth feels right, or do you feel differently? No, I'm the same. Some, one of the most perplexing uh, perplexing thing of the off season is people putting that up for premiership winners. I I don't get it. They've signed the fucking Tigers starting halves. How the fuck? Luke Brooks and Brandon Wakeham. Okay, cool. <laughs> they re-signed and Schuster on yeah, like fucking eight hundred thousand yeah. dollars or something. What's doing? Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I just, and yeah, they've got, yeah, what, if Terry Evans gets injured, their starting halves are going to be Luke Brooks and Josh Schuster. Like, if that isn't a comedy show, just, like, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. Kondravojevic has taken a step back, even when he was playing last year, so I, I get those injury concerns, blah, 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 and that's such a big if, right, if he can get back to that season, which I think is obviously incredibly hard to ask. That was one of the greatest individual seasons ever. Um. Yeah, I'm with a friend. I, they're they're not a bad team by any means, but I, I I can't see them making the eight. You know, they they've signed Luke Brooks. Okay, cool. Um. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll get them around tenth. Kieran, do you agree? Yeah, I do. I've I've got them ninth to thirteenth. Uh, and the only additional comment is that I'm really excited to see how Cooler goes. I think he's a, a star of our game. Mm. I think he could have a, a breakout season. I love him. I, I, I especially he's he's he. I, I love good technical sprinters, and he is such a beautiful runner when he runs. He, his technique is almost flawless. So I would love to see him in some open space, and he seems like a pretty good defender as well uh, uh, most of the time. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm hot on him. I agree with you guys though. Uh, success would be top eight. Not sure he'll they'll get there. 
the next team I'll give to you, Kieran, is the Storm. Not much movement in contracts. They've picked up Sean Bloor in a trade for Justin Olam. Uh, with the Tigers, uh, they also have lost Tom Eisenhuth, Jaden Nikarima, and Tariq Sims. So, Kieran, uh, how do you feel about their squad health pretty much? Because there isn't much to say there. Uh, do you feel like Bloor for Olam is a good trade for them? Uh, what does success look like for them considering they played prelims last year and they continue to do, to do so? And how can they be successful this year? Um. I mean, yeah, as you just said, recruitment-wise, there's not a whole heap going on, but uh, I do rate the addition of Sean Bloor, especially for Olam. Olam wasn't playing, uh, so there wasn't any need to, to really keep him. I, I didn't see him turning his, his career around, so um, that's a great swap for them. Um, George Jennings is a bit of a, a strange one. I, I think they could have done with him um, as at least uh, depth in the back line. I think he's better than some of their other depth back line choices, but um, anyway... Um, I was going to ha- make a really, really big call um, and say that I haven't seen uh, the last few seasons when people have said, oh, I, th- I think this is the season the Storm probably drop out of the eight or, or struggle to make it. Um, I was almost on, on the edge of saying that I think that this season, but just every time you look at their spine, it's just that good. Um, so just just literally off the back of their spine, I, I think that they're going to come fifth to eighth. Um but I do. There, there's some players that haven't quite kicked on as much as, as you'd probably have hoped by now. Nelson Masofa, Solomona. Um, some players that had their, their worst seasons last season in Jerome Hughes and Cameron Munster. Uh, we don't know how Ryan Pappenhausen is going to come back. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of question marks over this squad. Uh, obviously, they've got one of the best coaches and a coach that gets the best out of their players. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think they'll be in the top four this season, uh, but I, I've still got them making the finals. Would top four be a successful season for them, do you think? Definitely, yeah. And yeah. they would say it's, it wouldn't be, because of, especially because of how they um, went out of the finals last season. Trounce, in both of their the games that they lost, they got absolutely demolished, and then they just beat Arusa's team that only scraped in. Mm. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned, they when you've got a spine as good as theirs, um, or a good as good on paper as theirs, um, you would want to be really pushing for a premiership. But I don't think they have a, a premiership-winning team right now. Um, so yeah, I think building for the future, they've got they've got a great spine in place. Um, I think yeah, just improve slightly on, on on last season the way that they went out. Um, say they got to a, a prelim, they need they would need to put in a much better performance than what they did last season. Friendy, one of your favourite players, Harry Grant, has been given the keys. He was named captain today. Do you see the Storm having a small slide like Kieran's talking about? How, how do you see things going? No, I've just got him in that top four again. I think they'll be there or thereabouts. Uh, Bellamy, <laughs> he, he's the John Farnham. He just keeps coming back. Um, <laughs> but I think this actually will be his last year, uh, and I think they'll they'll go really close. Uh, I think if injuries are kind to them, because they haven't, they haven't had any luck with injuries the last few years. So surely they're due. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, they've they've still got the the key pieces there to go really deep in this competition. So uh, I'm not going to write them off until they are, yeah, write themselves off. Yeah, top four for mine. I've got them fifth to eighth as well. So Chris, what do you have them as? Yeah, I've got them top four. I think they'll be up there. I'm not sure if I'd have them as 
Oh, yeah, I guess they'd, they'd be in the shout. Uh, yeah, I've got them top four. I think a bit of a bounce back season for Munster. I think Hughes was a bit inconsistent last year. I think Pappenhausen probably have a turn of luck. Um, yeah, I think the shifting of the guard to Green as captain is a good move. Um, just to signify some kind of specific change. Uh, yeah, I've got him top four. I think Sean Blord, very good player. Um, unlucky with injuries at the Tigers. I think he's only played something like, I can't remember the stat. Was it? I think it was maybe 10 game, uh, 30 games in three years or something. He, he mm. I think he'll go really well at the Storm. He's a very good player who um, has kind of got a bit, um, hasn't worked out the Tigers for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I'll put, yeah anyway, I think I think they'll bounce, have a bit of a bounce back here. They'll, they'll be top four for mine. Yeah, Sean Bloor has one of those... Uh, the storm will turn him into a superstar kind of molds, doesn't he? So yeah, they'll, they'll be there or thereabouts. The storm always are. The next team that were there or thereabouts last year, surprisingly, were the Warriors. They came in in the top four. I'll give this one to you, Chris. Uh, Kurt Capewell, Chanel Harris, Tavita, and of course the returning Roger Tuivasa-Shek coming back in for the Warriors. The losses include Josh Curran, Bailey Sirinan, Viami Vailia, and the retiring Braden Williami. Do those big names coming back into the Warriors strengthen them a little bit, do you think, Chris? And given they were top four last year, is that the minimum standard now? Uh, I, I reckon that's what they're certainly aiming for. Um, yeah, they, they, Kurt Capel and Josh Curran's a relatively straightforward um, swap, probably upgraded there. Curran's a good player, but he was at the bench. He was on the bench um, towards the a lot of part of that year. Who was a check? Obviously, we know what he's like, but he hasn't been in NRL for a bit. Uh, he'll be in the centres, ninety percent sure. I think that's yeah. what their plan is. Uh, the main, I think, the main contingent factor is, I mean, Sean Johnson and always oh, some humble pie, an incredible uh, season, uh, far surpassed anything I thought he was still capable of. So, I guess if it's, he can, he can maintain a you know that top level of um, form. Uh, I think it's going to be the main contingent factor as, as well with avoiding some major injuries um, in the squad. But they, they were very good starting 17. Um, and I think, obviously, the the culture there that they're building is um, excellent. You can just, it just seems like a happy club, which, you know, hasn't always been a thing you could say about the Warriors. So, uh, But I do think they're going to drop slightly. I just think they haven't gotten worse by any means. I just think some teams have gotten better. So I reckon they'll be like fifth or so in, in that fifth fifth or sixth spot. So I've got them in the eight still, but I reckon they'll just have a slight bit of a slide down to between five and eight. Well, you, Kieran, do you have them surviving and staying in the eight? Uh, definitely, definitely staying in the eight, potentially staying in the top four. I've got them finishing third to sixth. I think, yes, it was just mm. one season and I'm a little wary off the back of just one season to say that this will continue, but I think the, the standards um, that they uh, held themselves accountable to last season will will serve them really, really well this season. And, and they do have a very, very uh, strong roster, uh, a roster that has a lot of flexibility. Um, a lot of these players can play at least two positions. Um, they have like three or four different players that can play 5-8. Um, obviously, Roger could go back to the back if they needed him to there. So even if injury is um, a bit unkind to them, they don't have a whole heap to worry about other than, I guess, the fact that um, that would disrupt continuity. But, yeah, I, I think they could make the top four again. I've got them... I don't know if I want to make a bold here, but I, th- I think that I, I could definitely see them at least making the, the prelim again. Wow. Friendy, do you have as much confidence? 
Yeah, I'm pretty confident with the Warriors. I think they'll have a very similar season to last year. So I've got them fifth to eighth. Uh, I think their coach is an absolute star. Uh, and yeah, I expect them to, to be there when the whips are cracking. I agree with you about that fifth to eighth realm is where I've got them. While I've got you, Friendy, your Newcastle Knights, they've got Jed Cartwright coming in, Jack Cogger, Tom Jenkins, Kai Pierce-Paul, and Will Price, a couple of English legends there. They've cleared out a fair bit of, uh, I don't want to say dead weight. That's a horrible thing to say. But um, Adam Clune's on his way. So is Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Uh, yes. Cue the cheering children for for Frandy. Uh, then also uh, Belly Hodgson, Oren Keeley, a couple of promising young players. Uh, Kurt Mann, Lachlan Miller, Simi Sasangi, and Dominic Young. Incredible try scorer, Dominic Young. Is that a premiership winning team, Friendy? You've been saying it during the offseason at various times. Yep, I believe it is. Uh, I think every. I've got them top four, uh, whether they win the competition or not, uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, but yeah, I think Kalen is completely dialed in. Uh, the physicality he played with last year was, when he came back, was. Yeah, Brian, it's something I've, I haven't actually associated with him before. And I just think that shows his commitment. And, um, mate, he looks, yeah, outstanding in the preseason from what I've seen. Um, but the thing I like, there's a couple of things I like most about the Knights uh, this offseason is the makeup of premiership winning sides. You need a couple of good props. I think they have that. Um, they have some decent halves, but we've got some mongrel in the back row some strike outside backs and then you've got the the um, mercurial talent which is kalen ponga so i think there's all the pieces there we've actually got some depth now which is great um i think once we see kai pierce paul get fit uh if you haven't seen him have a look on youtube i know it's a super league but my god the bloke's two meters tall um a buck ten and he moves like an outside back it's it's pretty phenomenal to watch so uh from all reports he's a little bit injured in the preseason uh but once he gets fit sort of halfway through the year yeah watch him go so yeah i think the makings of a of a really good push this year are there um Phoenix Crossland, I expect to have an outstanding season. And by the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if the number nine jersey is solely his and Braley finds himself maybe moving on somewhere. But um, yeah, really confident. The, the other thing I liked about this preseason for Newcastle is there has been zero noise. Uh, mm. Zero. Like even the social media there, there's been maybe a, a post a week or, or something like that. And to me, that I hate backing teams during the year in tipping and things like that. If it's a close game, I never back teams that are in the papers. Um, mm. I, I just think it's just yeah, too much outside noise. And from all like from what I can see, there, there's no outside noise up at Newcastle this year. So that's great. Uh, and yeah, I'll give them a big chance. Good point. The only noise that I've heard has been about Bradman Best, which has been like he's likely to resign, and that's. Yep. That's good noise. So, yep. yeah, um, good signs in Newcastle. I'm, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. That fourth to sixth range for me, I think that sits about right for me. They were fifth last year, so that would be about right. Kieran, where do you have them sitting? Uh, I've got them third to seventh. Um, I think I'm a little bit more positive on them because of the way Friendy's talked, talked them up, but also just considering you can see they have a very clear attacking style. Um, they play a, a very sort of sweeping uh, sideline to sideline, kind of sort of the way the Cowboys did in, in 2022 to, to bring up my Cowboys again. Um, but 
yeah, and that perfectly suits Ponga, like getting his hand on the ball um, outside of block plays um, where he has mm. a bit of space. He can. He just keeps the defense guessing at all times. You don't know what he's going to do. I agree completely that he's going to have at least just as good a season as last season. It was ridiculous last season. Um, but just a, a, a last point. I also like the Knights. Um, they are a team of one percenters. Like literally, almost every single player uh, on that list um, will be there, even in like the, the 80th minute to try stop a try. Or they all put in the one percenters. So I think that's huge, and that that is probably the the main reason I think that they could maybe go all the way. The only reason I, I'm saying that they won't win the Premiership this season is I just think there's better teams out there. Yeah, that's kind of where I sit. Chris, what about you? Similar? Uh, I think I'm a bit more sour on them than you three are. Um, I mm. don't trust. I don't like Adam O'Brien. I just don't think he's a. Uh, they had a run last year, and you know, it was, obviously, it was an extended run. It wasn't just a you know a flash in the in the pan. So I think they are. They're a decent. They are. I think they are a good team, but I, I, I don't have them as Premiership contenders. I'm very interested to see how they. What they do with the halves with Cogo or um, mm. Gamble, or Gamble goes to thirteen, or what the whatever they're trying to do there. But I'm kind of interested to see that. Uh, they are. I am worried what happens to this team if Cameron Pongo is injured. Um, that is one of the points that I think could. I mean, obviously, I mean that's the most basic point to make. Right, a star player gets injured, impacts team. But uh, I think the Knights, I guess, in their you know the the bounce back factor, the the increasing. Um, momentum and so on was a massive factor. I just want to say quickly, I reckon one of the most underrated signings recently of recent memory is Greg Marzu. He's such a destructive fucking so good player. He's unbelievable and I think incredibly underrated. I, I, ironically, the Titans slipped on him, didn't they? That they was did. the thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, if I, just quickly on the halves thing that Chris mentioned, uh, just as a Knights fan and the way that they're going to play, I would... 100% just have Hastings and Cogga vying off for that seven role. For me, Tyson Gamble is our six all year. The bloke plays with Mungo and our defensive line speed, our energy, our attitude, everything, regardless of how talented he is with or without the ball or anything like that, the attitude he brings to that side, he has to be on the field. Um, and I've got him in the six all year. Um yeah, talent, no talent, whatever. The bloke just rips in and they all play so much better when he's on the field. I would love yeah. to see him even be a, a premiership winning six and see the look on Mason's face. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? It, uh, um, it would be. Sorry, it would be. Yeah, uh, it would be ironic if Jackson Hastings found his way back to thirteen. I'll just say that. But um, <laughs> uh, look, I, 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 it's, it's a hard, I don't think they're a bad team. I don't. But I just think that I, when I have my eight, I have the Knights just missing. So I've got them at like nine thirteen, which may be a hot take, but. Um. Yeah, it happens every year, though. I mean, I bet mean, last year happened to the Cowboys, who we're about to talk about. The top four team, everyone's being like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Friendy said premiership threat, and then they just like shit the bed, like like no tomorrow. And it happens every year. So, which teams are going to emerge into the eight? Which ones are going to drop out? Will there be any? Who knows? It's perfectly reasonable to think that the Knights will have a a drop off. Or an increase. Uh, speaking of that team, the Cowboys, I'll throw to you here, Kieran, because you've mentioned them about eight times already. It's uh, Jake Clifford's back. Uh, Thomas Michaeli is in there. Zaz- <laughs> Zazir Hay, 
Pua Avase and Viviami Velia. Now, uh, Pua Avase is a second rower, by the way. He'll probably be in the development squad. Their outs include Peter Hiku, Sylvester Namo, Riley Price, and Tigers legend James Tamo. Kieran, uh, you know, trying to remove whatever bias you can. It's hard, I know. I find that difficult as well. They came 11th last year. Somehow they were in contention for the eight after all said and done for a bit there. Uh, obviously, success would be a, a, a finals berth, but do you think they've got what it takes given the, the contracts and squad situation they've got? Up until two weeks ago, I thought we definitely wouldn't make the eight. Um, I've got us, I guess, just to, to get it out straight away, I've got a 7th to 11th. Uh, I was going to make it mm. 8th to 12th, which is, I think, more realistic, but I'll say 7th to 11th. Um, yeah, I'm just very, very concerned about the halves. Obviously, Tom Deeran is a, a great player, but uh, you take out Chad Townsend, who I think should be taken out of this team uh, pretty early on in the season, if I'm honest. Uh, I don't rate Deeran's long-kicking game. Um, so if you bring back in Clifford or, or Tom Duffy, who I, I would like to see get a go, they obviously haven't played in the NRL at all or, or for quite a while, so it'll take a, a bit of time for them to get back up to speed. Yeah, off the back of that, I, I, I think we're going to miss the eight. I think, uh, as a lot of people have been saying, even in this offseason, that we've got a very talented team um, for the most part, but, yeah, just that, that lack of direction if... Chad uh, leaves the team, and even if he stays in the team, uh, he just dropped off so much last season. Um, didn't look like he like he, he. The only time I noticed him was when he was putting bombs on last into the corner, which was every single set. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, I think we'll just miss the eight. But um, yeah, and if we miss the eight, that could could turn up the um, pressure on on Todd Payton as our coach, just because. Maybe the outside noise of, of the expectation of the Cowboys will uh, play a part in that. I, I think he should stay at the Cowboys. I don't think he'll be let go. But if we have a really bad season, the, the pressure certainly could be um, turned up. I think next season and the season after are where we could see the Cowboys maybe come back into the finals and, and really give it a crack. I don't think this is that season. I've got them 6 to 10th in that sort of range as well. Chris, were you taking note of the amount of wees, weaves, wheel, uses, <laughs> and owls that were in that little monologue from Kieran Gibson? And where do you have the Cowboys landing? Uh, yeah, I was. Um, but I'm just going to do the same shit with the Tigers come up, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> I think now I've got a, I've got a, I think I've got a hot take, but I've got the Cowboys in the bottom five. Uh, I, I think the halves are just not going to work. Um, yeah. uh, this, I, I'm not a massive Josh Drinkwater guy. Um, Scott Drinkwater. Yeah, you, don't even, you don't even fucking know his name. Sorry, Tigers legend, to jo- <laughs> Tigers legend Josh Drinkwater. Um, yeah, sorry, Scott Drinkwater. <laughs> yeah, that's how much I hate the kind of uh, but, uh, He's Obviously, he's a very good attacking player, but uh, my opinion is he is inconsistent. Um, he's not great defensively. Uh, I do like, and I'm, I do like Reese Robson, but I'm not as big on him as other people. He's a very solid hooker, but um, I think it's not much beyond that. Chad Townsend is, I um, do not read at all, and Tom Deedens, he's a bit, I think he just needs, he's a good player and he's, he's tough, he's all nails, but um, isn't really like the great 
inspiring attacking half you need him to be. I think he needs a better support, which I think Chad's not going to provide. I think there's some dialogue. Um, I think there's movement and news to come with Camelolo, which could be a bit of a squad. Um, you know, Disgruntler, Kyle Felt, I think has taken a step back. Drake Granville, why is he in the squad at all? Um, and obviously without the the great mentoring of James Talmud, these young guys are going to be lost. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just looked, I, I, and I think a part of this as well and part of why I'm going this, I, 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 I'm not sure how I feel about Todd Payton as a coach and everything I've read. Um, some things I really like and then some things, sometimes, some things I think he's up his own ass way too much and a bit of a wanker about things. So I just think that that kind of coaching is going to there could be like an implosion in the season, I think. And that's kind of my theory here that I think they're going to be around 13th, to be honest. So, yeah, I, I don't have the Cowboys in for a good season. Well, I fucking hope you're wrong. Um, <laughs> friendly, lots to unpack there. We've got uh, me and Kieran calling our team middle of the road, Chris calling them strugglers this year. Where do you have them? Yeah, I've got them fifth to eighth. Uh, I think they'll bounce back from last year. Injuries were not kind to them at all. Uh, they've got enough good pieces there. I think their back row in particular is uh, exceptional. They've got some serious depth there um, with Nene, uh, Luki, Cotter, um, and uh, I, I can't pronounce Finafuiaki. Is that it? You, you nailed it, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> there you go. Ten points to Gryffindor. Um, <laughs> so that... And, yeah, they're, they're props, obviously, if you have Taumalolo and McLean, um, you've got Robson. So that starting pack is – oh, and, and Common has to throw in there too. Um, mm. So, yeah, they're, they're, there's a serious pack there. Uh, Drinkwater's the attacking flair. Dean is just – he doesn't stop. Uh, outside backs are okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Chad needs to have a uh, – uh, definitely a better than decent year for them to go well. So uh, I think it's a real uh, – the one thing I know about him, I, I don't like him uh, and because he's a Poindexter and he thinks he's a cool kid, but he's not. Um, but I t- I'll give him credit. The bloke must work his bloody ass off because he's fit as um, – he knows the game inside out when you listen to him talk. So the one mm. thing you know is he will not leave any stone unturned. So yeah. – um, He'll give it his best shot. So, yeah, and, and I hope they do well because I like watching him play. So, um, yeah, I've got him fifth to eighth. Big fitness guy. Big, big fitness guy. <laughs> fitness and free shorts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are running a little bit over time here, but it was always bound to happen with this particular type of episode. Um, the next one is the Eels. We'll go to you, Chris. Not much to talk about in terms of contracts. Uh, Morgan Harper in, Kelma Tuolangi in, uh, out. They already lost Jake Arthur last year, but Wanga Blake is finally moving on. Jack Murphy is also heading off. Uh, Hodgson retired last year. So did Mitch Rain. So did Andrew Davey. And Nathan Brown was, as we know, released last year. They came 10th last year after playing the grand final the year previous. Chris, uh, they've got the squad to be a finals team. Do you think they will? Yeah, I reckon they're going to be back in, which probably makes more sense with some of the later predictions I'm making. I reckon it was going to be one of the bounce-back teams. I just think uh, Mitchell Moses is going to take a leap. I think he's really, um, I guess, kind of making his... I think he's a bit older than Callum Palmer, but 
I think a similar mm. point that Fred was making. I think he's, as he's gotten a bit older, I think his head's just getting a little bit more switched on, a bit more mature. He's still going to be a whiny person on the field, but he's, I think some <laughs> of his leadership is um, improving. I do like, I do, I do have a soft spot for Mitchell Moses, Tigers legend. Um, Asian Arcee was a really good player for them last year when Brown was out, so I'd like to see him in the 17 somewhere. He's, Bryce Cut- He's a centre. Cut- yeah. Yeah. Um, Bryce Cartwright has been really good for them as well um, and also I think you're going to see improvement from guys who also had good seasons like Brendan Hans was good uh, Jermaine Hopgood uh, Guru's favourite fucking player um, uh, good player Bailey, good player Bailey Thompson. yeah um, yeah so I, I, I've got them in 5 to 8 I, I think they'll be back in the 8 I reckon they're in for uh, an improvement yeah, a, a bit of improvement for last year I, I don't think that's going to be a consistent thing at least in this Specific, um, you know, time period of Mitchell Moses's and Clint Gutherson's, I guess, prime, as you would. So, yeah, I've got them five to eight. I can hear you. I'm going to keep them in that eighth to tenth realm. I, it's just, it's just like will Moses and Brown make that big leap, and that's the thing for me. Uh, and I've got other teams that might be making bigger leaps to move past them. So, in the shakeup of the ladder. I've got them staying similar, maybe scraping the eight. Friendy, what about you? What do you think about the Eels? Oh, I've got them just missing the eight. Oh, I think oh, it wouldn't surprise me if they're in there at all. They, they've mm. got, um, again, they've got a few good pieces there. Top line halfback, uh, a good leader in Gutho, two really good props uh, and, and some strike um, out on the edges. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's something a bit off maybe about Brad Arthur at the moment, he seems he's a little bit more cranky with the media these days, and I guess that's because he's not having the success he would like. Um, but yeah, when you, your two big signings are Morgan Harper and Morgan Harper and Kelma Tuolangi, um, yeah, there's I don't know, that's not exactly screaming elite signings, but yeah, they could be there or thereabouts. But yeah, ninth to thirteenth for me. Kieran, you have them in or out? You reckon? I have them in. I have them, well, potentially just missing, but I have them fifth to ninth. Um, mm. Yeah, I think that they've got two of the better leaders in the game. I was going to make the same comments about Mitchell Moses that Chris did. I think he's really, really come on uh, in leaps and bounds, especially leadership-wise um, the last couple of seasons. Um, I think any time that they've bounced out of the finals, no fault really for mine has been through Dylan Brown <clears throat> or Mitchell Moses, and I think they're only getting better, although Dylan Brown did miss, I think it was, last season where he missed a large chunk through for just the penary reasons um yeah. i think yeah in did he did he, was it was it that last season yeah it was yeah around round 10 or 12 yeah. or something for a while yeah, yeah. he got a bit yeah, arties, well, he got a bit arties if <laughs> <laughs> fuck <laughs> um well those two coming back in <clears throat> i think settles their team a lot lot more but as chris said dejan Arcee also a great talent um I, I do like the Eels. I think that they were a little bit lucky in 2021 in that um, elimination final against the Panthers. I think they're a fairly gritty team. The only negative I would, I would make, which is somewhat similar to the Sharks, I think that they, uh, not to the same extent, but um, I think that they, uh, may, well, I think the Sharks fold when they're down against a the team. They just don't even want to try uh, get back into the game as much as they should want to. But the Eels probably just kind of can't find out, figure out how to do it. Um, even though I think they've got the team to, to, to stay competitive in games, even when they're a bit down on their luck and down on the scoreboard, uh, if they can turn that around and sort of 
I don't know, um, get something clicking a bit more in attack, uh, I can definitely see them giving the competition a shake. Speaking of competition a shake, they've won three in a row. Friendly, I'll get you to talk about the Panthers. They're bringing in Paul Alamotti. They're bringing back Dane Laurie. Uh, they're bringing in uh, Queensland royalty, or son of Queensland royalty legend Riley Price and Brad Schneider from the Raiders. They're losing Jack Cogger, Stephen Crichton, Zach Hosking, Tom Jenkins, Spencer Lenu, and Jamin Salmon. Uh, obviously, success for them looks like another premiership or thereabouts, right? Can they do it? And how will they? Yeah, yeah they can. Uh, they're just going to have the best defence in the comp again. And then, uh, yeah, pick apart teams with their uh, never-ending attack. Uh, they're just bloody phenomenal. Like, you run out of words to describe the side. They're, they're really mm. just an exceptional rugby league side of the whole over the whole history of the game. Uh, the, yeah, they're incredible. So, yeah, I, I can't really fold anything there. I, I believe they'll turn Alamotti into a really good player. There's suggestions he may play some sort of back row role potentially, but I, I think he'll just start in New South Wales Cup um, and they might turn him into a bench forward or something from what they're saying. I reckon Dane Laurie will actually end up taking Jerome Luai's spot next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I reckon that's why they brought him back. There's talk about... Uh, who, who's the other guy? They've got young Jet Cleary, but he's a bit young at the moment. And there's someone else they're talking about. Anyway, they've got Luai for this year. Mm. Uh, Kenny, I thought Kenny was the big improver last year. Uh, at the start of the year, everyone thought, well, uh, Appy was a, an enormous loss. And, and he is in attack, but they, they found a way to make it work with Kenny. And his defense is brilliant. And he actually had a big part in some of the tries in the grand final. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's improved heaps. And... Yeah, they're just outstanding, and, and that young man in the number seven, well, while ever they got him, they're, they're going to be a contender. So, yeah, I, I think yeah, success is a premiership, and there's no reason they can't do it. They've already won three in a row, which puts them into incredible territory in the history of the game, as you mentioned. Four in a row would be pretty absurd in the salary cap era, and there are every chance of doing it. Chris, do you agree with that? Yeah, sure. I, th- I think pretty much any criticism that anyone really had left against the Panthers or Cleary or someone, I, I guess this is the origin factor, but um, whatever. Uh, you know, that, that grand final was incredible. The comeback was completely insane and um, just how cool and collected the key members of that team were. Um, mm. You know, that there's not much you can really say. They're just one of the greatest teams of modern memory, really. They're just um, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, <laughs> something that's that, something that I think is uh, so good about the Panthers. If you're a struggling halfback, you just go sign with the Panthers for a year, and you end up picking up like a three year deal somewhere else. Yeah. Where you play, you play six or seven games with or six to eight games with Origin and injury and whatnot, and you end up getting like a three year deal somewhere else. So, um, and just the, the and obviously they being such a good team, teams are looking there. They lose players, but it just it's like a it's like an endless conveyor belt. Just incredibly impressive. So, yeah, look, they're um, not running them off. They're certainly, I've got no doubt that they could win it again. And they'll definitely be, I'm certain they'll be top four, if not minor premiers again. And, yeah, they're certainly in the shot. Yeah, they're in that top four again, aren't they? And certainly in contention. Uh, Kieran, I'm I'm sure you agree, but maybe you don't. Uh, no, I definitely agree. Um, touching on the, the amount of players that they've got signed on, on long-term deals, uh, I bring this up specifically just for this one season ahead because they've got um, a very settled squad that the team knows that uh, the majority of their key players know that they're still going to be there for a number of years to come. Um, 
And even if they weren't, the culture there is just it seems so strong. Uh, as in, like, as a the the unity, I guess, is um, the word. Sometimes the culture there I don't like, but it seems to work for them. Um, yeah, I I've got them first or third. I think that they could yeah definitely do do a four peat, which I would hate to see. Um, but yeah, just such a good team. Um, and I don't know if if the player friend he was thinking of was it Jack Cole? Uh, potentially, yeah. I, I think there's someone a little bit older. Uh, more experienced, but Fred Schneider. yeah, Schneider maybe, maybe that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, Trent Falls but, was um, there, uh, but he yeah. might have left. Yeah, yeah no, no. I, I think ultimately Laurie will take that spot. Um, mm. Yeah, and just a quick shout out: if Maverick Guy gets a go this year uh, on the left edge, we'll look watch out. out. Yeah, yeah, big strong thing, and as much of a lunatic as his dad, from all reports. <laughs> Uh, Kieran, I'll go to you because you're a big, strong lunatic as well. Uh, for the Rabbitohs, we've got Sean Kepi and Jack Whiten coming in, and they're losing Jed Cartwright, Liam Knight has already left, uh, Hame Sele and Blake Taff. Now, they just missed the eight last year. They came ninth after all is said and done. We always thought they were just like, it was only a matter of time, it was only a matter of time, it was only a matter of time, and then they missed the eight. So, obviously, they want to get back into the top eight, Kieran. Can they do it? Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to say that they definitely will. I've got them third to six. The major criticism I have of them is over their coach. Uh, I'm not sure how how good I think he is. I've forgotten his name, so that's why I'm not mentioning it. But um, Demetrio, yeah, I don't. Demetrio, Jason Demetrio. Um, yeah, I don't know if I if I think he's a. I think he could maybe be an NRL standard coach, but I don't think he's a a top level uh, coach that's going to take you to a premiership because this squad that they've got, I think, is easily a, a top four squad um mm. mine maybe maybe the main uh caveat to that is that since they've lost adam reynolds and i put uh, a fair bit of onus on this on Dimitrio, uh they haven't really got an organizer in that team since then uh, Ilias is that person but he's still very young and inexperienced i think that they could have done a a, a job like the titans did bringing in someone like a four and someone just a bit older to kind of uh show them the ropes first a bit but yeah i, I go through the, their list and it's such a good team. Even though I think a lot of their uh, losses are pretty big, like Hame Selia, I rate quite highly. Jed Cartwright, I thought every single time he's played, he's been really good. Uh, and Blake Taff, I think, is, is quite a handy player, but they didn't really need Taff. Um, yeah, I think success at bare minimum means making the finals. If they miss the finals, I, I, I think Demetrio should be seriously... Uh, if he's not being talked about um, being let go, I, I'd be quite surprised because, yeah, I look through this list and I think it's, yeah, as I said, easily a, a top four roster. I I think they're going to be lower eight, um, yeah, lower top eight, I think, for me. Friendy, what do you think? Yep, fifth to eighth. Uh, they've got to keep those egos in check. There's a few about at South Sydney, uh, but there's certainly some talent there. Like if Jack Whiten plays left centre, my God, surely all you do is just go one or two to the right-hand side, lay a line, and then you're just left to Walker, Trell, Whiten, Johnson. Like, yep. oh, who's stopping that? <laughs> yeah, ab- get absolutely fucked, mate, pretty much. Get absolutely fucked, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's hard to defend. Uh, Chris, do you agree? Uh, yeah, but I'm a bit more keen on them. I've got them top four. Uh, I'm just going to declare Whiten and Kim Gray would be the best centre combination in the competition. 
Uh, I'd move Graham to the wing, hey? Yeah. I don't know. And what had Tass? Yep. Tass on the right. I'd have have Tass on the wing. Yeah, I just think Um, Campbell Graham offers you 200 plus metres on the wing. I reckon he's a gun winger. Um, he's a he's a gun centre too. Don't get me wrong. They're, yeah, but I think wingers are so important in yardage, and Campbell Graham would do a great job there. Yeah. Well, if he stays at the centre, I think your call about White and Graham being up there is absolutely, absolutely in that range. So you think top four? Yeah. Um, I think, that, yeah. The, the only thing that I would, and I agree, I'm not convinced with Demetrio, but I think it. My prediction is more on like a player based. Um, like, yeah. you know, one of the famous, I guess, just realisations that, hey, we've got, we've got a fucking squad here. Let's do something with it. Well, they they led, led the competition up until about round 10 or something, didn't they, last year? Yeah. Yeah. And, the, guess, and they yeah. fell off a cliff. Like, the, the talent's there. You're right, Chris. Like, they've got a gun roster. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm – it's not – yeah, I don't have massive faith in Jason Dimitri, but it's more based on, you know, some of the early season stuff plus just – in key positions, they're just stacked. I mean, apart from Elias, but uh, I'm not, you know, I, I don't mind him. I don't think he's a scrub. So, yeah, mm. I've, got him, I've got him top four. Well, I've got you there, Chris. Uh, we'll go to the Dragons. They've had a fair bit of uh, a tumultuous little offseason in, in a few ways. Uh, they've got a new coach, Shane Flanagan. Jury's out there. They came 16th last year. They've had a fair bit of movement in their roster. Corey Allen is in, but apparently injured. Uh, they were going to get... Ronald Volkman, but he was injured. That's the whole thing with the Warriors. They brought in Tom Eisenhuth, Raymond Faitala Mariner, Kyle Flanagan, who will be their chief playmaker, apparently. Jesse Marshke. Uh, <laughs> Jesse Marshke was a, uh, a standout half in the New South Wales Cup for the Bears last year, so he's signed up instead of Volkman. Uh, Hame Sele, as we've mentioned, and Cyrus Stanley Trail, the nephew of Kyle Stanley. He's a prop. Um, he's joined the team as well. And by the way, just today, um, Tuipilotu from the Seagulls has also joined the Dragons. A lot of movement there. They've lost a bunch as well, uh, including Jaden Sullivan, uh, you know, domestic violence legend Zane Musgrove, uh, Moses Mbai, uh, Tata Monga has retired, um, Josh Kerr to the Dolphins. We already knew that one. Uh, Billy Burns, I think, might be a bit of a loss for them. Chris. Can they drag themselves up the ladder? No. <laughs> that was the shittest list of names, that name. <laughs> that was horrendous. Even the outs. Yeah, ins, outs, everything. Not one person was any good. I'm better. <laughs> and I don't play. Yeah, I just, look, I, yeah, like, no. The, the squad sucks. The coach sucks. What the hell is some of the just some of the commentaries in the preseason are completely ridiculous. It's like, yeah, Kyle Flanagan is a chief playmaker. Okay, fuck, good luck with that. <laughs> like, <what the hell? laughs> a, Ben Hunt's been an Origin halfback. He, he's like he plays hooker there now, but he's he's taken a team to a grand final at halfback. He has he won. Is he won a Dallium or he's been close? He's won Dallium halfback of the year. And uh, yep. no, nah, we're going to give it to Kyle because um, Dad tiled the Sharks' bathroom, so he's the best coach. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, like uh, I'll try to be a little bit positive. Like Blake Laurie's a good player, right? Yeah, Jacob Jacob Little had good parts last year um, to his credit, which uh, you know, fuck me, dead something to see. Yeah, I'm <laughs> scrapping the barrel here, but oh. yeah, I just. <laughs> It's uh yeah, look, 
Ah, look, we sailed this, and then I'm convinced in round 12 they're going to be the West Tigers about 66-4, so... Um, <laughs> Yes, that that At Leichhardt. <laughs> and I'll be there. I'll be there. Please, boys. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, look. Don't cry again. for me. <laughs> there's, not, there's not much. There's not much going on here. Look, I, look I, I don't think it's hot take. Wooden spoon, surely. Fucking hell. Surely the Tigers can beat this shit. Surely. Oh, you're you're just praying. <laughs> that round twelve clash could be huge. I'll give it up. I'll, if we don't beat the Dragons this year, I'll give it up. Fair dinkum. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that'll do yeah. you. <laughs> that'll do me. Uh, that's. Uh, that was hilarious. Okay, Friendy, uh, do you agree that they are wooden spoon almost certainties or prospects at least? Oh, mate, this they are stirring the rice with two spoons um, <laughs> that they carved from a bigger spoon. Um, they're, they're fuckers, yeah, they're, they're a dead set, massive chance at wooden spoon. Um, they need Zach Lomax to have the year from the gods. Uh, other than that... Oh, they couldn't tackle a tackling bag and they couldn't score with a ball each. They're, they're hopeless. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will just say, as a, I, I want them to play Zach Lomax at fullback. I actually think that would be a good idea. Please get yeah, Tyrell Sloan out agreed. of that team. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's got a heart. Build a wet toilet paper him. He's soft as butter. <laughs> All these friends. Can I fit like- another cliche in here? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Like, <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't keep up. Um, Kieran, uh, wooden spooners, do you think? Uh, most likely, yeah. Uh, I think just while we're we're rubbing dirt on, on Carl Flanagan's name, I think it's important to remember between him and uh, Ben Hunt, they, they have 17 Origin oh. games between them. They've won Origin Series before, World Cup, uh, into a grand final. So I think we're, we're forgetting that a little bit. But oh, in all seriousness, the, <laughs> that was the most insane graphic I've ever seen. Like, what the f- well, yeah, anyway, sorry. <laughs> On an official website, like, trying yeah. to break down, yeah. Um, but yeah, in all seriousness, I think, like, um, we, over the years we've spoken about how Storm, the Storm is the club you go to to, to resurrect your career. I think the Dragons is the, the club you go to where your career ends. Um, I think Ben Hunt looked look depressed at times last season, especially in post-match interviews. He still gave his all uh, on the field, but... I'm starting to wonder if he'll drop off a cliff this season just because of feeling dispirited um, at, at the... I mean, he, he, he is a player worthy of winning a premiership, um, no doubt, in my mind. Um, and it's just not going to happen ever at the Dragons and probably not ever going to happen for him. So I feel for him a bit there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Based on... <up. laughs> I, um, I want to finish off with the Dragons just saying, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I saw it on the uh, NRL subreddit. It's the, it's the most popular post of the week and it's I'm just Ben, but to the tune of I'm just Ken from Barbie. So it's like, I'm just Ben, anywhere else I'd win a prem. You know, it's just like, I don't know. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> so um, go, uh, good luck, Ben Hunt. But I also see that being a wooden spoon. Friendy, I'll go to you for the Roosters. Uh, they've got, they came seventh last year. They did almost sneak into a prem, uh, preliminary, if not for uh, Cameron Munster, Keith, so Will Warbrick. The gains are Spencer Lenyu, Lewis Murphy from Wakefield Trinity, Ethan Roberts, Blake Steep, Xavier Vaa, Alex Young, the brother of Dominic Young, and of course, also Dominic Young. A lot of those names are development players uh, in various positions. They've had a whole lot of outs. Corey Allen, Fletcher Baker, Thomas Deacon. Uh, they've got Drew Hutchison, 
Uh, they've already lost Matt Lodge, uh, Momorowski, Jackson Paolo, Jake Turpin. A lot of movement there. They, they've still got a bit of a roster, and they still got Trent Robinson. Friendy, talk to me. What's going to happen with the Roosters? I will endeavour to talk to you as best I can. The Roosters <laughs> will be top four, in my opinion. Um, young Alex Young, brother of Dom, uh, what do you reckon his contract is worth? Uh, just to, just to get Dom over the line. Yeah, we'll chuck your brother some. Wish my brother was good at footy. Um, yeah, I think they'll be top four. Spencer Lenu, great signing in my opinion. I, I think the more minutes, we're really going to see an emergence of one of the top props in the game. I, I actually think he's got more of a motor than people give him credit for. Uh, everyone thinks he's just explosive and everything, but yeah, I, I reckon he's going to have a really big season. Dom Young, really impressive last year. I think he'll go um, strength to strength over at the Chooks. Teddy will bounce back, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think he'll ever be the player he was. He's lost a bit of um, speed, and uh, I think that's really important. But I I still think he'll have a good season. And they've got enough pieces there. Maybe Jared's last year. Um, They've got business flights to Vegas, so that helps. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and they're just... Yeah, write them off at your own peril. You saw last year, like for them, for their standards, they they had a shit year last year, and they were nearly there on the second last week of the season. So yeah, yeah they're 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 guns, they're, and they're known for turning over players when things aren't working. Very, they, they turn them over quickly, and um, they've brought a couple of good ones in, and yeah, top four for mine. There are thereabouts for me as well. Uh, what about you, Kieran? Um, yeah, before the pod started, uh, I was very, very high on them. And then, I don't know, just, just now as we're getting to them, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning that a bit more. Uh, on paper, great team, but I just think that there's quite a few uh, players with a, a brain explosion in them um, or lack of discipline. Bradley, Rhea, Hargreaves. Um, I have them. I have written down fourth to seventh, which I'll stick with. Um, I think they can definitely make the top four, and I do think that they can push for a grand final appearance, but... Well, I'll definitely won't say that they'll make it. I, I'm keen to see um, if Sandon Smith gets to go. Uh, if Kiri doesn't find form again, Kiri's last contracted season. Um, I thought Sandon Smith uh, found quite a bit of good form towards the back end of last season. Um, and then yeah, they they just seem to unearth good players every single season. Sia Wong uh, was great last season. Um, he's a gun. Yeah, yeah, he's very very good. And 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 that junior Pogba. Um, he's quite good as well. He's all right, at least. But, um, yeah. Yeah, let's see. I don't know. I, I'm going to stay with 4th to 7th, but I think they could honestly come anywhere from, like, 10th to 1st. And, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm high on him. I've got him 1 to 4. I reckon they'll be in the top 4. Um, Dom Young, good player. Him and Cooper on the wings were the exciting prospect. Um, I hope Billy Smith has a relatively in, uninterrupted yeah, I think Connor Watson being back from injury had some dynamicism in the attack as well. Uh, and obviously, I, I have a lot of faith in the coaching. So, yeah, I've, I've got him top four. Speaking of faith in the coaching, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll give this to you, Chris. The last hit up is the Tigers. Uh, we finally got there. Uh, they have brought in Solomon Ailai Malo, who I believe is a super rugby player, has played a bit in New Zealand. Solomon Ta'ape. Fa'ata'ape, uh, he has played centre, big centre from the East Tigers. They've got the Fainu brothers from Sea Eagles. They've got Justin Olam, as we mentioned, Aiden Caesar and Jaden Sullivan. So a few new faces there for the Tigers. They've lost a bunch, including Sean Bloor, Luke Brooks, uh, Dane Laurie, Ken Marmolo was last year. Uh, so was Offerhand Gowie. 
Tommy Talau and Brandon Wakeman have all headed off. I got a sneaky suspicion that you'd be fairly happy with that recruitment, Chris. So what does success look like for the Tigers and can they achieve it? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with some of them. I'm not, I'm not big on the Olam signing, to be honest. Um, I get, I, I get with that we need backs and we have a bit of a, I mean, relative surplus in the forwards. So I, I get that part, but, um, I am concerned he's, uh, going to join the well-established West Tigers retirement program. Um, Aiden Caesars, uh, again, I, it's a one-year stopgap thing, just a bit of a seasoned head, which uh, in theory is good. We'll see how that plays out. I don't mind a Sullivan signing. Um, we'll see how it goes. He might eventually into something. Uh, yeah, so I, I think you've got to talk about the Tigers. You've got to talk about, obviously, the, the coaching change. Uh, I really like everything I've heard from Marshall. I've, I've got a little bit more positive than I was initially, um, which I'm assuming I'll just be let down by, but... Um, just, just everything I've, that I've heard um, in terms of how he's coaching and some kind of attitude stuff, I think is a lot better than what has been there previously. Um, but, and not on this list is David Nofaluma being gone. That is an unbelievable win. I cannot, I guess, overstate how much of a negative just feature he was to that team. Any time he played, just incredibly overrated player. Uh, yeah, look, I, what success looks like, um, not coming last, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been two years in a row. I think, well, I, I've, I've got him about 13th, 14th, right? I, I, I reckon that would be okay, right? I think West Tigers, I'm pretty sure they've won eight games in two years. So, um, just, and I think sometimes even just like the difference in play, just be, be a tough team, be in games, be competitive, don't win by like 66 points one week and then lose to the same team by like the, the world's largest margin like a month later just if that doesn't sum up some of the West Tigers issues I don't know what it is there's decent players there mm. there's good players in the squad and like Appy Coruscant is a great player John Bateman very good player um Stefano takes another step right the uh right there's positive signs here it's not it's not a sinkhole of despair but it's just going to have to eventuate firstly in play style and then some improvement of wins if, if that if those two things can happen i reckon that can be used as at least a metric of success and obviously the board being gone is a the old board being gone is a great one as well so um there are some positive signs it's been a pretty good off season so far that's good so yeah i've got them i've still got them in the bottom end but maybe around 14th are you friendly? Do you think that's uh, a realistic goal for the Tigers? Yeah, sounds pretty fair to me. I mean, they've got some good players there. Like, if injuries kind to them, and and who knows if some of the young guys get hot, that's um the he probably won't start the season. Uh, but is it Latu Finu? Is the five eight and Samuel's yeah. the big the big fella? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. That Latu Fanu, my God, it, it might not be right away, but in two years' time, he, he's going to be a, a hell of a five-eight. Um, it's got all the the good tools there. There, there are some positive signs there. Appy Corusau is just a gun, and the best thing about him is his competitiveness. He, he just doesn't quit. So there, there's a few good things there, and that they made the change. They got rid of um, old mate and his hat. And Pasco and the dead skunk <laughs> on his head, um, so that that's good. Uh, that's a start. They've got um, Shane Richardson in there, who's at least experienced, um, so he, he sort of knows what he's doing there. 
Benji Marshall, I, I'm not sure he's the guy just yet, but from all reports, all, all the young Polynesian boys absolutely love him. And I mean, if, if yeah, you, you're getting coached by your idol growing up, you can kind of understand that. So you're probably going to want to go to war for him. So there's a few good signs there. And yeah, I, I wish them all the best. So people like my mate Chris can get out of this rut of having heartbreak every week. And then by about Thursday, you're like, oh, maybe we're a chance. And um, then it happens all again. Because I've been, I've been through it. I've been through it. Newcastle won three in a row. So... Um, yeah, it's a tough gig. So I wish all the Tigers supporters the best and um, hopefully Fox Sports can just rag on the Dragons this year. <laughs> that would be great. Um, I was a Cowboys fan during the 90s as a small child. That was fucked. It was just the worst. I hated it. Um, Kieran, speaking of Cowboys fans, do you see the Tigers improving a little bit towards that 13th, 14th or even further up maybe? Not not further up and probably not 13th or 14th. I've got them 15th or 16th. Um, I do think there's uh, a lot of, well, maybe not a lot of good signs, but the, the good signs for me are, as uh, Frankie touched on, Apisai Coruscant, I think he's so competitive, and I think it started to, to rub off on the team. They they didn't look like, yes, they still had um, large scores put on them at, at various stages throughout the season, but I didn't think they still looked like a team that had just given up. They just, the talent just wasn't there and, and whatever else. I think uh, a, a success... Um, for them this season has already happened in, in uh, Chris's wild, getting rid of the board. I think that was, that'll was that be huge. Um, and getting rid of David Nofaluma. I think that they're two huge positive steps in the right direction as well. Um, yeah, I think it's just another developing season and, and not trying not to, to avoid the wooden... Well, they shouldn't view it as trying to avoid the wooden spoon, but if they do um, finish 15th, 16th, 14th, 13th, that'll definitely be... Um, a success and yeah it looks like they've got a lot of um, the right sort of pieces in place to uh, now finally start to develop a, a proper team with as um, you guys were touching on Lashu Fainu coming in at, 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 in the halves at some point Bula is a great player I've got huge wraps on him um, yeah see, things hopefully are, are starting to turn a corner for them I've got them in that 12 to 14 range. I can see that happening. So, fingers crossed. I would like to see that for sure. Boys, it has been a long one. I appreciate you all very much for sticking through and Friendy's computer for lasting as long as it has uh, on battery. That's been an excellent effort. Friendy, any plans for the weekend? Uh, Hopefully, we're going to win outright this weekend and then um, get completely sideways with the boys. (laughs) <laughs> Lovely. Chris, you're also playing some cricket, I imagine. You had a not-too-bad one with the with the ball last weekend. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 3.47 for the fans at home, so not too bad. Um, don't ask about the batting, though. So, yeah, I'll be out cricket and not sure what else. <laughs> and, Kieran, any plans for your weekend? Uh, no plans at the moment. I've got holidays booked for over Easter and then holidays booked for later in the year, so I'm trying to save a bit of money, but I might get out and do something. Uh, I'm not sure yet. You must be a bloody teacher, mate. Bah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I, uh, I'm watching a whole bunch of movies. Academy Watch is in full swing over on the We Made This Network. So I am editing podcasts. I am putting stuff together. So uh, fingers crossed. Now, this, this episode might not drop for a little while uh, because it's, a, it's an all-encompassing preseason episode. It's the 7th of February today. So whenever the listeners get this, I hope you're having a great week. Uh, do stay tuned to Above the Horizontal. We, we won't be weekly in the preseason but before the season starts you will hear from us again but until then
Above the Horizontal is a rugby league podcast by the fans and for the fans. It's produced by our entire team of former writers for Real Sport, including Daniel Friend, Christopher Waring, Miles Steppen, Kieran Gibson, and me, Bo Nicholson. We'd love it if you could support us by telling a rugby league fan about us so they can go above the horizontal as well. Thanks for listening. See you next time. You know what's tricky sometimes? Predicting who is going to win at the Oscars. You have to get yourself to a cinema to see all of the movies, or at least have all the streaming services so you don't miss a single one. You have to pay attention to all the precursor awards to see who is winning so far. The Golden Globes, the BAFTAs, they're the pretty obvious ones. But don't forget the Critics' Choice Awards, or the SAGs, or the DGAs, or the PGAs, or the Eddies, or the Gothams, or the AFI Top 10, or the National Board of Review. Ugh, exhausting, right? Or you can just join me for Academy Watch on the We Made This Podcast Network. I'm the host, Bo Nicholson, and I've been reading the trends, keeping the stats, and watching as many of the films as humanly possible, and I can tell you who the big players will be on the big night. Me and a guest will also be dissecting one of the key movies in the award season each episode. This year, it looks like Oppenheimer's to lose in several categories, including Best Picture. But can a a mid-year release maintain momentum right to a Best Picture victory two years in a row? Or can poor things or the holdovers stage a late season surge to steal the prize? Is it too early to discount the cultural phenomenon that was Barbie? Or Martin Scorsese's late career masterpiece, Killers of the Flower Moon? And what about the critical darling, Past Lives? Whatever the movements are across the various precursors and throughout the season, you'll have the best available information if you subscribe to Academy Watch wherever you listen to podcasts.